Hi, welcome to another episode of Coffee with Mirko, episode 95. Uh, today we're going all the way to Guatemala and uh, I'm very excited to be able to chat with Raul Rodas. So we'll send him an invite right away so we'll be able to chat with him and see what's happening. Um, if you're new, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, this is uh, just another episode of the podcast, 95, so it's been, uh, it's been incredible. Hello from Albania. Hello from Australia. Good to see you, BS46. Hello, Bianca. Hello, everybody. John Smith. Uh, saludo desde Costa Rica. Saludos desde Melbourne. And uh, yeah, Raul will tune in very soon, so I hope you got yourself a cup of coffee. I do. It's my first one, actually. It's nine o'clock over here. And Raul just tuned in. We'll bring him on right away. Hello. Hello, Raul. How are you, brother? I'm good. And you? Can you hear me well? I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. Yes. Awesome. Um, uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I know you're busy. We're both busy. And uh, I just want to ask you, how are you and how's your family with the entire uh, situation that's happening around the world? No, no. So first of all, no, thanks a lot for inviting me. I'm super excited. Uh, yeah, busy. Got right now. I'm in the car, so that looks a, a weird environment. I'm, I'm here, like roasting over there. Uh, so a lot of noise in the roaster. But um, uh, family is good. Thanks for asking. Um, I mean, everything in the situation is weird. Uh, but you know, the the country just opened after seven months of of uh, we got like a lockdown in general and stuff like that. So a month ago, it's just like the country reopened. So everyone's starting to, you know, kind of like getting the life back and obviously, you know, masks on and all the precautions and stuff like that. But, but yeah, good, healthy. Good. So far. It's good to hear. Uh, Melbourne, where I live, is reopening today. So it's a, it's a good day. Oh, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> I know. It, it, it's going to feel interesting for sure after yeah, after so long, you know. Uh, but it's uh, it's good. It's definitely good that we... We live in a lucky country anyway. Yeah, I mean, the, the time that I visit Melbourne, which is one of the, the best cities for me in coffee in the world that I've visited, and it's, it's, it's how it's going to change, you know, like serving coffee and enjoying coffee, which is like kind of a horrifying, weird stuff, and, you know, but still, you, you serve good coffee, so. Yeah, uh, it's, been, it's been interesting because obviously uh, the city has been hit real hard when it comes to coffee. Um, versus the suburbs have, you know, some of the suburbs have retained and actually increased their volume because more people are working from home. So we we were still allowed to get takeaway. So that was the situation here. Maybe maybe not as strict lockdown as other places. But yeah, that was a pretty good. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear well. Perfect. Yeah, no, I bet. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Raul, to get the ball rolling, um, could you kindly tell us a little bit more? How did you start your coffee journey? Oh, wow. It's, it's a boring story. 
story. It's basically, you know, I just kind of like, I wish I could tell you that, you know, I kind of like grab a cherry in a tree and I fell down and I, you know, felt that. Uh, no, I was, it was just, uh, I, I was a, a boring kid, like, looking for, uh, I was uh, in the university, in the college, um, and I was studying uh, communication and design, which, you know, nothing to do with coffee and needed a job, and I saw a, kind of a poster there and said, like, oh, looking for a barista, uh, which I thought it was going to be, like, a bartender or something. Ended up being coffee, and I had a training for one week, uh, and, you know, latte art and making espresso seemed a little bit, you know, like, oh, this is really kind of fun and, and cool. That was 13 years ago. It was a, it was a chain of coffee shops. Uh, five months, I guess, or six months afterwards, I, they were doing an internal competition, and, and, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, you should join. I was like, yeah, whatever. And uh, it was really fun. It was not, you know, it was ridiculously the baddest, you know, it was the worst competition, you know, that I did in my life, because it was not, you know, it was just about, you know, making the the, the judges laugh and stuff like that. There really was interesting to me, and then I competed next year, and then I went to the nationals, and then everything started to me that it was, like, really it's another world and really cool environment, so... I think, I think it's a cool story, actually. Uh, not boring at all, because... Uh, the fact that you went for uni and you had your career path sorted, you had, you know, you, a vision and then a big, a big steer and you're like, you know what, I love coffee and I'll chase that fully. I mean, was it difficult to sort of, between your friends and family, uh, to say, hey, look, I'm going to pursue coffee? you nearly you know uh <laughs> like if you let's we can skip the story but i mean it sounds pretty crazy when you when you were saying it. i was like well hang on a minute um but i think i i think it's i think it's beautiful i think uh your story just goes to prove that if you love something enough and you have a purpose attached to it which is not necessarily uh money it's just like 
this case, you were like, hey, well, I can change people's lives by teaching coffee. Uh, and, you, and you just stuck with them, in the, like you say, 13 years ago. Um, so it's super interesting. And, um, and to give some context to the audience, what, what are you currently doing? So uh, right now, um, I have a, a roasting company. I used to have a cafe, and we closed it because of the COVID and stuff, uh, which is uh, temporarily. Uh, we're going to reopen. But I have the, the main roastery. Uh, currently, I'm a consulting and training baristas and also producers and exporters in terms of uh, QC um, to basically explain the exporters how they can maintain the traceability from buying a coffee up to selling and exporting it, um, QC for all that program, and also sourcing coffee for friends or companies around the world to export coffee. Uh, so basically, I'm a green sourcer, provider, and exporter. Um, you know, of Guatemalan coffee and promoter of Guatemalan coffee. Uh, also, working a little bit with Honduras this, this upcoming year as well. Um, so, a little bit of, of that. That, yeah. that. That's cool. And, and, and I think uh, what I've, I've, you know, in the, in the past episodes, I've, I've had the pleasure of also interviewing other people from uh, Guatemala. And uh, it's just, it, it feels almost to me, from my understanding, that it's such a, uh, a connection to the land, a connection to coffee that brings kind of everyone together. Um, is, is, is this something that, you know, is, is coffee in Guatemala something that you sort of grow up with? Is, a, is that connection to it? I mean, yes, I definitely. Like, everybody drinks coffee. Like, person that doesn't drink coffee is, like, weird. Like, you drink coffee here. Like, coffee shops here are cool in the afternoon and night. Like, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, coffee shops are cool here. Drinking coffee, and it's like a tradition. Like, tea in London, you know, like, you know, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, coffee. Uh, we're transitioning into between, like, a good coffee and an instant coffee. Still, you know, there's a lot of it. Um, but there's a lot of, of culture about drinking coffee. The farmers love drinking coffee. Now the farmers are getting more involved. So yeah, definitely. It's it's uh we need more promotion though. Like that's I think that's something that Guatemala needs a little bit more. Like more uh, internal consumption, quality consumption. We're getting there, and it's step by step. But but definitely, yeah. Everybody is related. Most of the part of coffee. Yeah, I mean, and in terms of promotion, because obviously you're involved with green coffee uh, quite a bit. Um, was the start of best of Guatemala? Uh, helpful in terms of putting a putting guatemala on the map which one best of guatemala yeah yeah as in a competition amongst uh, farmers and uh, start looking at you know the different uh, different competitions yeah i think that everyone like everything that is you know that best of guatemala like everything best of the competitions like every competition is, is a little like step by step putting putting a little bit more in the map. I think that Guatemalan coffee normally were this um, traditional coffee, like this chocolate, this you know and a lot of people I think that it was starting it to use it as that coffee. For example Salvador is like you hear that origin is like, oh they do a lot of crazy stuff and and everything you know. And I think a lot of people, you know, kept looking at Guatemala as that and now a lot of of Guatemalans and farmers are starting to do anaerobic, like all, you know, crazy stuff. And, and 
that all these competitions are, are putting a little bit again Guatemala into the map of like oh these guys are doing something cool and different as well. So so yeah, definitely helps. Okay, and 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 um, whilst we're here, because obviously. A, I can't travel to Guatemala. B, it's a question that I love to ask everyone who is from overseas. Um, so let's say that I walk in into, uh, you know, some abuelita's house and, uh, uh, you know, how is she going to make me coffee traditionally in Guatemala? First, you're going to be enjoying it because I don't know how and how they do it. There's a lot of love involved, but it's definitely delicious. You're going to have a champurrada in there, like, a, you know, like a really delicious, you know, bread. Um, but they normally will put it in a pot, you know, like hot water, coffee in a pot. And they will be like, oh, it's, no, 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 wait for it. Uh, wait for it. And then it's like, oh, it's ready. And it's definitely ready. Like, no timer, no scale, no nothing. And that would be the traditional way um, from, the you know, hot water in a pot and then coffee and stir it. Uh, I think that's the traditional way to do it. Most of most of the people. Nice. And uh, and did you start did you start nice and early drinking coffee? I started drinking coffee, you know, from my mom. I, I used to stole a cup of coffee, you know, like, it, you know, he, she used to drink it with milk and sugar and stuff. But normally I would go and drink, you know, the cup and she would be like, you drink the coffee again? I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I don't know, like, five years, six years. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, um, yeah, I think, I think it's super interesting because... Uh, Sometimes we're so focused on the specialty sides of things, which is which is cool, which is important. But I think it's it's so important as well to remind ourselves where we come from and uh, the roots of coffee and what it means, you know, which is gathering with the abuelita, with uh, with friends and family, and having those uh, maybe not those best coffee, but good memories because they're memories building kind of moments. Um, yeah, so, because I can't travel, so, yeah, uh, we travel a little bit, just about. How, how do, how, you know, how will be uh, Abuelita in Melbourne to, to make a coffee? Well, I'm, I'm not from Australia, so I don't have an Abuelita, you know, I'm, uh, I don't have family here. I mean, back home in Italy, you know how it is, it's a, it's a mocha pot. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's a mocha pot, it's a... Uh, Everyone has their way to make it, and their way is the best way to make it. And uh, yeah, it's usually pre-ground coffee in a tin, uh, you know, whether it's Ely or other bigger brands. And uh, yeah, it's 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 great. It's just like on a big table. It's uh, cafe, 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 and they count. It's like okay, six. We'll put a big mocha on. No worries. Oh, only two. No problem. Smaller mocha, and then. And then the first thing that comes to the table is the sugar. <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> I know, yeah. Like, boom, sugar, five, six spoon. <laughs> so I guess, I guess in Australia, uh, instant coffee is probably, was probably big, uh, I'm assuming, from, from my understanding. So Mokona is very popular. And uh, uh, we are seeing more and more instant coffee companies trying to develop uh, better quality instant coffee um so probably yeah uh, an abuelita uh, in australia well it will also depend which country because there's a lot of immigrants so 
if he's a Greek abuelita or an Italian abuelita, they still maintain the way they made it back home. So it'll be interesting, actually. That could be a good YouTube videos. Anyway, um, that could actually be a good YouTube video. Anyway, um, back to us. Uh, thanks for asking. Um, obviously, you cannot keep the very important element uh, of your story because you're very humble, which, you know, you actually won the Barista uh, World Championship. So uh, back in 2012. Uh, so, well, congratulations. I know it was a, a while ago, but still incredible achievements. Um, and how, you know, competing is really not a walk in the park. It's difficult mentally, physically. Uh, what would you say to people who are, uh, you know, looking to get into competing or they're still new to it uh, and they want to start? Uh, I, I totally agree with you. I think that one of the most important things is mentally. For me, like a last competition, I think a lot of mental goes into it. You have to be committed yourself 24-7. Like, I mean, I don't want to say 24-7, but really committed. Like, if you want to compete, like, commit to it. Like, read the rules. Like, understand. Like, ask. Like, you know, get focused into it. Because I think a lot of people just, like, go, but they don't really understanding it. Um, second, I think that is, is, is uh, you have to be really consistent and uh, – you know, like, try to dig in and have your personality into it and, you know, see a lot of videos, watch competitions online and stuff like that, and a lot of trainings and whatever. But most of it is, like, be yourself and presenting something that you think that you want to share to the world. Because I think that the most important about competition is not about if you win or you not, but it's that you become an ambassador of coffee to the to consumers, to the people, to the baristas, to everyone. And, and a lot of champions or even baristas or com competitors what we like to see here, or everybody is, is normally we see a competition or a presentation that we like to remember forever. Not the, not the person that only won, but, oh, remember that guy that this did and that grinder, and, you know, it's like, is the person that you remember and that at the end is going to influence a lot of lives and a lot of people. So it, it's, the barista competition is for people a platform to be listened to and, and to be original and to be an ambassador of coffee. So, so I think it's, it's to believe to yourself that you're going to be an ambassador of coffee and make it, you know, like uh, a reality in your mind and in your heart. And then everything from that is, is obviously you have to train, but, but I think that. No, I, I, I agree. And I think uh, it's, it is the message that you bring, you know, stay.
Uh, can you guys hear me and see me? I think I'm having some troubles with the internet. Maybe it's me. Uh, maybe it's uh, Instagram. Maybe it's Raul. But if you can hear me and see me now live, uh, just drop a little comment. That'd be great. And then we'll see if uh, we can bring uh, Raul back on. It's really interesting. Let's have a look. Yeah, seems that we're having a little bit of uh, technical problems. It happens. We are connecting from Australia to Guatemala, so it's uh, it's obviously a, a few kilometers and a few oceans in between. I mean, only one ocean, and uh, hopefully we can uh, we can solve this. If not, in the next two three minutes, I'm just gonna uh, restart the live. Which is let's have a look. Maybe it's a problem in my end. It happens. Let's have a look. Surprisingly, Australia internet is not that good either. Anyway, here we go. Hey, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Nah. Like... I, I think it was actually me. I'm not sure because uh, even mine was reconnecting. So uh, it's okay. It's a uh, internet. I mean, it's it's still very good that you and I can see each other. Talk to each other, and you're all the way in Guatemala. I mean, I know, I know. Fifteen years ago, this wouldn't have been possible. So it's okay if there's a hiccup or two. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, um, thank you for sticking around. And um, yeah, I think we were talking about competition and the message that we have to tell. I mean, I never competed, but in those fifteen minutes, how relevant it is, and what message do you want to give to people? Um, and I think it's super. Yeah, it's important, and I think that for for a long time. The, there was two sides of the coffee industry. Some people who just, you know, hated the competition side of things, you know, in the sense of, oh, you know, this is not coffee. Uh, this is not what we do in a cafe. Uh, it's only for the 0.1% of population. And then the other side, the extreme, which was like competition. Now coffee should be drank this way, this way, da 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 And I think it's just a nice space to be in the middle, which is, look, Ultimately, competition is just like a sport for any industry. It's a chance for, you know, get exposure. It's a chance to, you know, uh, share a message. And also it's, a, it's, a, it's also a place to look forward to go to uh, as, a, as a professional because you sort of want to get there in order to then go to your next destination. And uh, 
And look, obviously, competition is not necessarily real life. Uh, you know, the, uh, those amazing coffees, we don't drink those every day or every week or every month. Uh, still, I think it's still important to give that platform to coffee so then we can grow and, yeah, like you were saying about Guatemala, just be more on the map. Uh, but in general, as a as a coffee, so yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I I, I mean I agree with you. I definitely because I mean, for example, for me, like if it wasn't for competition, I wouldn't be probably talking to you. You know, like you know, like or or definitely right now, competition. Like it took me five years of my life. It was like you know, full competition, everything. But then I understand, like, really the industry, and it took me to different places. And, for example, for Guatemala, it gave a word for baristas because the word barista in Guatemala, it was just like a eh. And it's, you know, thanks to Guatemala or the competition, uh, it came to the people to, to take them more seriously, and that is a profession, and, and it's not just, you know, a – people or a person that serves coffee, you know. So definitely, and I understand a lot of people don't like competition, but now the great about all of this coffee industry is like there's not only the WBC or it's coffee masters. It's like whatever competition you make up, you know, it's a lot of throwdowns. And I think that now it's really fun because you have whatever you want to go, like you have the chance to make it happen. Even making your own crazy competition, uh, you know. So, so I think it's 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 part of the evolution, and it needed to start it like from somewhere, you know. Yeah, and, and look, uh, I know we rarely talk about this on the podcast as well, but it's also uh, it is also good for business in the sense of you know there is a like you were saying maybe there's a. Uh, I don't know, some alternative milk throwing a competition who does the best latte art with soy milk, it's a good chance for sponsors and it's, it's, it's uh, certain producers, certain roasters to be, you know, uh, to be seen because at the end of the day, often there's an expo involved and uh, I think it's good. Like every industry has it and uh, I know it doesn't sound romantic, I know it doesn't sound uh, cute, but it's also important because at the end of the day, uh, without the business transaction of me purchasing grain from you and then selling it to a roaster and then the roaster selling it to the cafe, there's no coffee in the cup anyway. So, you know, that, 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 that too, I think is important for sure. I, no, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I wasn't that involved about exporting coffee right now. And, and you know, I, also have a podcast and, and one of the episodes that probably I'm going to be talking about tomorrow. And it's the same thing about you were saying it's a lot of people, like, for example, we baristas like exported, what the hell? Like, we don't care. We don't know, but Oh my God, there's a lot of ha things that happen and trouble and not the farmer, but the exporter who plays, I don't want to say more or less role, but, same as equal of, as the roaster, as the barista, and and we don't know how a lot of people is involved sometimes, and it's 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 crazy, and you know there's not a lot of so there's a lot of room to grow in between getting to people to know to get exposed and and how to to be better to support each other and understand the the, the chain in general. So, yeah. Oh, it it. it. 
it's way more complex than, than people expect uh, or imagine. I mean, and, it's, and I understand why people, it's difficult for people to understand because it's also difficult for me, even though I've been in the industry for nine years. Like, it, it, people just, they see the end product often. But that happens nowadays in big cities with anything, you know, like we go, you know, I'm in Melbourne, we go to supermarket and we see whatever food product, it's already packed, waxed, uh, you know, it's shiny. Uh, we don't see what's behind it. Uh, and with coffee, it's super complex because there is so many little steps involved that most involved in coffee for sure and uh here we go i see a roof you must have moved i see you i can't hear you for some reason but A little bit. Maybe your phone you're holding it or the case or the way you're holding it, maybe. There you go. Now? Oh, perfect. perfecto. <laughs> yeah, so, so many steps and so many uh, hands and so many people involved. That it's, it's, yeah, it's, there's so much, like you said. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I basically, and I also think that also this, this, the COVID and everything and how we're transparent the world. Like right now from, I don't know, 20 years from now or 30, we're going to be old. I mean, or older. And, <laughs> and uh, we're going to be realizing like, Oh, how it was back then? And I, I, I can't imagine like how it's going to be in 20 years or 10, like, you know, so, so I think it's, it's, it's a lot to be grateful of, of living the, the growing industry right now. We're if you want to put it like that. A hundred percent. I could not agree more. And yeah, it will be interesting to see in 20, 30 years what it is. And yeah, oh, yeah, hundred percent. And uh, Ro, we, we hit the halfway mark and uh, we always ask, we always ask a ritual question uh, uh, to every guest at halfway, the out of the box question. Um, okay. <laughs> if you could, who would you like to have dinner with? And it can be anybody, it doesn't have to be coffee related. Anyone in the world? Ah, uh, I don't know. That's a hard question because it's like, I mean, I like football uh, a lot. I, I like music a lot. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, huh? 
That is a really hard question. Just one person. You know, well, for you, pick three. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that probably we, uh, Dave Grohl, probably. Uh, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. Um, and the reason why, not because just a musician or whatever, Nirvana. First of all, I'm a drummer, so I really enjoy, you know, I, that's my first love, music. Um, and second of all, it's because it's, him is one of the examples of type of persons that for me has a lot of influence in terms of like keep being yourself, keep being different, and keep trying and failing. And I think that one of those three for me in coffee has, you know, breaking paradigms and that's my lesson in coffee is that for me it drives everywhere and I would love to be like, oh, what the hell are you thinking, man? Or, you know, like just you know, thinking out of the box, like, what the hell? And I think that he's one of the persons that he just tries and enjoys and, you know, and do things differently. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably be him. Wow, I, you're the first one naming him, and I think it's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I remember, I remember that was a while back when they came out with some of those banging songs. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah I was still in high school. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, surely... Surely well known even in Italy. Um, no, thank you. I think it's a little, little tricky question. Um, and whilst we're stuck on on the, the process and the chain of coffee, um, in your words, I mean, coffee wouldn't be possible without its people. We just agreed on that. We just talked about it. From origin to roasters, green uh, buyers, exporters, baristas, and consumers. How important it is for everybody to not forget these elements and maybe put extra focus, extra love into the fact that maybe, not saying celebrating people every day, but, you know, let's celebrate more people. Even the person who comes every day to grab a latte, he's still relevant because he's contributing uh, towards the industry, towards a cafe's business, same as, you know, uh, a cafe that might order only five, six kilos a week but still out of a roastery, but still contribute towards everybody. Same with everybody involved in the chain. Um, I, I think that, for example, what we were talking about before, like I was really focused on, you know, just a quality person and just a quality coffee. And, and I went to a cafe and it was like, oh, you know, kind of like tasting all of these coffees. And I went to a restaurant and it was like, oh, I'm not going to taste that coffee. And then I, I thought about it and, and realized, like, I mean, it's 1% of the, you know, population or whatever, but here, for example, like, you need to start, you know, kind of like enjoying coffee and understanding that the coffee has a market for everyone. And now that afterwards that you export coffee, you understand that you need to sell to everyone or everyone needs different needs. And it's like every coffee has a market and we don't have to be selfish with the market or with the consumer or like, because everybody has different needs and expectations. And, and, and I think that, overall being a roaster or being a barista or being like you have to be more understanding about who are you serving to it doesn't matter if you're a farmer if you're a roaster if you're a barista and and i think that we need to be knowing what language to use and able to promote coffee um and my sense here goes to like I can have a bag of coffee and explaining to a consumer this is a latte and understanding how you can upgrade 
but also understanding what their needs because sometimes we oh this is so much specialty and we go too geeky about it and people don't get I mean that sometimes we get people scared about it and and they just want to enjoy certain parts of, of coffee and and I think that you know we you know we not we need not to be share uh, selfish with the coffee in terms of general about talking or drinking canapora or robusta or whatever you know like every coffee has their market i couldn't agree more and i think i think a key component of what you said it's something that hospitality people should i mean we all should remember and know better because the cost of hospitality one of the one of the first rules is that you can't make everyone happy you can't please everybody yeah. so you might make the best cake in the world three people are gonna love it one person is not gonna like it and seven they're gonna be like yeah it was okay and that's okay you can't please everybody same with coffee so it's it's hard because i'm, I'm assuming you know like some businesses that want to try to sell to you know to appeal to as many people as possible but like you said different people different needs so it is what it is you're gonna make some people upset you're gonna make some people happy and you're gonna make some people uh, you know they just covering a need you know you're the only coffee shop or the only roaster in the area and at yeah. that moment they need something and you provide a service and a product so yeah it's impossible to make everyone happy 100 percent. yeah and i think that you i agree with you when you say like you're a service provider like not just like a roaster or whatever, you're providing a service. And, and I, I think that sometimes we kind of forget that and, you know, but, but it's, it's, it's hard, but also we need to try it sometimes. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it, it's kind of like the fun when you, I, I don't know, when you realize that and you start not being that geeky and understanding the whole system and it's like, Oh yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, I feel, I don't know, maybe I'm going a little bit too far here, but coffee is almost like, it's like ourselves, you know, like we all change as in like our personal relationship with coffee changes as we change. Like nine years ago, I was not the person that I am today. Same with coffee. I only started drinking coffee like three, four years ago. Like yeah. I hated coffee. Like I hated it. What? It was so bitter in Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everybody yeah. knows. No, like I've, I've said this before, you know, I, I, I just had, you know, nightmares back home of coffee. Um, up to a stage where I was actually a barista for a few years where when I was dialing in, I was just giving the coffee to my chef and I was just learning to look at the shots. And it looked good and the chef said it tastes good. I'm like, all right, cool, dialed in. Um, and now, you know, I... I I drink five, six cups of coffee a day. So I yeah. think, again, we need to be patient with everybody because yeah. well, it's like when my parents came over here, my mom, first thing she did was she went to an Italian grossa, she bought a mocha pot, and she bought her Italy coffee in the team. She was sat. And every time we went out, I took them to the right places, and I was trying. By the end of the month, my dad was like, you know what? You're right, I don't need sugar with this type of coffee. I like it. My mom hated it. There's no right or wrong. And that's the same with the service. You know, it's like, it's difficult. Yeah. It's an industry that people think it's easy, but it's difficult to understand if today you are in a good mood to chit chat when you come in the shop, right? 
it's hard for me to understand you because even though you might come once a day, we still, you might be still a stranger to me. So it's difficult. And yeah, we can't please everybody. So I think, yeah, sometimes we overthink it. Yeah. And I think that also we, we kind of like change. Like for, for example, for me, like I am a person that I get bored really easy with a coffee. So normally I am, you know, full into this coffee in a geisha. And sometimes I really get, you know, you, you get bored. I, I probably am going to sound and probably is going to, people are going to hate me or whatever. <laughs> you know, no. But, no, I'm kidding. But, you know, like you just don't, don't want to drink a floral, whatever. I want a chocolate coffee or I want to, you know, like a fruity or a, you kind of like trend, you know, to be changing. And I think it's part of it. And what you're saying about your mom and dad, like sometimes it's like, oh, I can try it, but I wouldn't be drinking it every day. Or, you know, I need to change and because I get bored and you have to try new things. So I, I agreed. Yeah. And, and that goes hand in hand with what I was saying in terms of us changing as people, right? So for five, six years, we, I don't know, did bicycle every single day and we loved it. And then we fell out of love and we picked up running or something else and that's the same with coffee like at the moment i struggle drinking milky coffee uh a because i don't drink i don't consume any dairy uh b it's just it's not because i'm a snobby coffee person i just don't enjoy it as much i probably had yeah. you know five milky coffees in the past two years um and even like i think it was uh, two weekends ago a couple of weeks ago Uh, my partner was here and uh, I got a little like varia and I can do with a French press, I can start uh, frothing milk kind of. And, and, and doing it for her um, with, her, you know, with her milk, I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to make a little espresso style with the AeroPress and then I'm going to drink it with oat milk. I had a sip and I was like, nah, I hate this. I, I, it's, <laughs> it's just... I, Unless it's made by a barista with a professional machine and it's smooth and silky. But even then, it just... But maybe in yeah. two years' time, I'm going to be having only cappuccinos, macchiatos, flat whites. Yeah. yeah. We don't know. Anyway, sorry. I, I'm the window. same like you. No, no, no. I was laughing because I'm the same like you. I don't drink milk. I, I, I drink so much milk for freaking competition that now it's just like, yeah, no. Like, maybe a macchiato. Like, maybe with a triple shot and, and just like a drip. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, it, but overall, like I, I rather drink 15 espressos than drinking cappuccino. I will try it, you know, for tasting, you know, notes or interesting how the, but I wouldn't, I, I don't know. Yeah. I agree with you. Maybe in five years. Uh, yeah, exactly. Maybe exactly. not. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> It's interesting. It's like, sometimes I look at pictures of, Uh, on Instagram because it's part of my job um, and I sometimes I read the description from these amazing baristas drinking you know magics and flat whites and, and I'm like man this sounds so good like I want it you know like <laughs> I want to like this um, it's, it's, nah. it's funny it's funny it's just <laughs> very interesting that's so funny um, and that's the, and that's again the beauty of coffee there's no right or wrong uh, it's yeah. like And the minute that you detach yourself from, oh, well, this is how you should be drinking it versus that's how I enjoy it, but you have it your way. Uh, it, it's, that's when, you, when you're in a good place, you know? Yeah. 
And I, yeah, and also like understanding to enjoy and then like, for example, for us, like me, like, you know, WBC champion or whatever, or, and a lot of people probably happens or like well-known in the industry. You go to a coffee shop and it's like, oh, can I have an espresso? And baristas think that you're going to evaluate them. And it's like, for me, like when I used to have at the cafe, I just, you know, closed it a couple of months ago. But people were like, oh, how is it? How, you know? And now I'm drinking more coffees around the cafes. And I just like to drink coffee. Like, I don't, I don't care if it's good or bad. I'm just going to drink it. And it's like, oh, I need a caffeine, good coffee or whatever. But I'm not there to judge. You know, it's just like, it's part of enjoying the industry. It's enjoying just the drinking of coffee. And, you know. Oh, absolutely. And is it sunny? Is it rainy? Is it a bad day for that barista? Is it busy? How is the ambience? How is the coffee shop? How's the vibes? What music? Maybe you have toothpaste in your mouth. Maybe he's not even the barista. Exactly. You had bad breakfast or some sandwich with lots of onions, and then you feel like a coffee. And, and exactly, it's so true. It's so true. Oh man, yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to I need to do some things right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's interesting to see that because we have this, and and also another important aspect is that uh, Janina um, from Project Origin was uh, she mentioned oh, yeah. she mentioned this to me uh, on the interview, and it stuck with me. It's like, who cares if Karen is ordering a frappuccino, decaf, three sugars, vanilla syrup, she's still paying four, six, seven, twelve dollars and she's supporting the business and the industry. Uh, sure, it might not be your, you know, your favorite beverages and it might be, you know, complex to make compared to just press a button um, or, you know, compared to grabbing a bottle of water out of the fridge or just make an espresso, but they're still supporting the industry by purchasing what they want anyway. Um, and the goal is just uh, maintaining their relationship and ensuring that they have a good experience because that's all it is. Like, like, like you and I, I mean, we just talked about walking to a coffee shop, but the experience has so many variables. Even are we going to have with friends or we're going to be alone? Is it going to be that so many variables to take in consideration? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, and it's a good point that you say that. Everybody is supporting the business, everybody. And, and I think that there's a lot of business to, tra and a lot of people probably move away from that because they are, you know, scared. And, uh, and a lot of people you could drag them into if, if we put more attention because that is the, the people that support us every day, you know, like, so yeah, I, I agree with you. Are we always yeah a, a good example i never said this on the podcast i think um i always remember i used to work for a coffee roaster uh, a couple of years ago until last year and uh, i remember one of our wholesale clients um was paying quite premium for our premium decaf and uh, and he told me once at a meeting where we we're discussing things and how this business was going and he was saying how the decaf community in that area, they just loved the decaf that they were serving. So whether it's a decaf, a cappuccino, 
or, 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 or cake, you're gonna make the best one because the person who enjoy that beverage, they're gonna love you if you make the best out of it. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that, that I, I, I wish we could have decaf here. I mean, like, you know, like good decaf, not, I, mean, I don't wanna say good or bad decaf, but not illegal decaf because that's the only option if you wanna put it like that. Like, but I wish, because I've tried, I was starting, you know, selling out Guatemalan coffees and they put it into Cisquatter process and then I tasted it again and it was like, oh, this is really good. Like, it's a lot of market that you understand, like, coffees, even though that they go decaf, they can still be good. And there could be a lot of market and people drinking more coffee often, tasting new things if there were more decaf into origin, you know, and that's something that we need to explore more and... I bought, my wife was pregnant, you know, I don't know, like two years ago. And she was like, she needs to drink coffee. And it's like, I bought, I, I bought coffee from the U S and brought it decaf, you know, for her because she was like, Oh, and it was like, Oh, this is really good. Like it was unexpected. And, and, and I think that we, we need to, again, not being selfish, selfish with a coffee and give opportunity, you know? Oh, absolutely. Uh, no, I love it. It's uh uh, yeah, I can't believe it's only 10 minutes to go. Uh, <laughs> we really, we really, I mean, you know, we I can think... expand this like to five more episodes. Normally, I, I, I don't keep my mouth shut, so <laughs> it's good. I, I think uh, what we could do actually is uh, uh, before I ask you the last couple of questions, and thank you uh, for being here, uh, Raul. Um, what we could do is um, I'm gonna close the season one at episode 100 just because. I actually need the time to work on a second project that I'm working on because the podcast, Another like you know, it, it, it's just it's just it takes time. It's just, you yeah. know, it, but I love it. So what I'm thinking is for season two, we could bring back the guest who wants to come back, obviously, and uh, uh, do do something different. Like this was a good introduction to learn more about you, to get to know you, know each other, and then maybe we could do Definitely. we could do a tour. Uh, you know, a uh, Guatemala uh, farm, or we You're could go. We could do, you know, what what process you do on the green coffee, or whatever yeah, you, you do. The dry meal. There you go. Or we can go to an abuelita and uh, enjoy a cafecito. Definitely. <laughs> minutes um but yeah i definitely would love to have you back on and uh, hopefully we can meet one day somewhere in the world to drink a cafe because i think we could talk for hours easily um so i would love to lastly thank you so much for coming Raul. uh just the last question before i let you go um what ultimately is your mission in coffee and what's next for you oh my god my mission in coffee uh, I think that for me, 
is uh, promote Guatemalan coffee the best that I can. I think that's one of my missions. Uh, I think I... Someone asked me a question a couple of days ago. It, it is like, what will you do for the coffee? And the coffee has given to me so much. And really, I'm really proud about being Guatemalan. And, and the, to be accessible to the Guatemalan coffee, so for me, is promote Guatemalan coffee as much as I can. And that's why I'm exporting coffee right now. It's And that's... Can you hear me there? Yeah. Yeah, we got you back. <laughs> yeah, so so basically I was just saying, like, for me, it's promoting Guatemalan coffees and exporting uh, and to provide a service to people that don't know that much about Guatemala. Like, we had in Russia, and, and I knew that there was Guatemalan coffee, but not the best one that we can bring. So that, for example, bring to countries that Guatemala has never arrived and help another roasters, small roasters or importers that have not had the opportunity... back again <laughs> i think it's my internet i don't know but well i'll let you finish and then and then we'll, we'll go i'm sorry no, i'm not no, sure if it's me or you but it is what it is i don't know no uh well just saying like i mean promoting guatemalan coffee is basically uh promoting having the opportunity to to the people that have not known guatemala uh provide a service um and and the next steps exporting Guatemalan coffee and Central American coffees in general. I think Honduras, there's a lot of great coffees. Mm. And I want to support that. Mexico coffees as well. So I think in general, support Latin. <laughs> hey. okay, coffee yeah yeah um i mean it's just promoting coffee in green and central so yeah <laughs> right i think uh, it's best without going on the spin again um 
Thank you so much, Raul, for coming. No, uh, I can't wait to meet you one day, and I'll send you a message because it's a beautiful, sh you know, quite short goodbye. But uh, it's just because it's this bloody no, connection. No, no worries. We'll keep talking. Thanks a lot. Uh, it was an honor, and congratulations. Uh, love it, and uh, keep drinking good coffee. And you too, man. You it was so, such a pleasure meeting you. Honestly, thank you so much, man. Cuídate. Me too. Cuídate. Un abrazo. Saludos a la abuelita. Chao, chao. Uh, you have it, guys. I apologize for the bad connection. I'm not sure if it was me or if it was uh, the platform, uh, if it was Guatemala, Australia. Um, we tried our best. So if you're rewatching or re listening to this, I apologize if there's a lot of interruptions, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, and uh, this isn't a super fancy podcast, but uh, we try our best. But Thank you so much to Raul and everybody who is here. I will probably end it here just because we got too many shows. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon.